0: Standing up in McKinney, this is, according to Callis, episode 534, the 21st of November, 2023. That's right. The year of our Lord, 2023. And it is a Texit Tuesday. Now, at some point, you're going to wonder, is this guy ever going to run out of things to talk about on Texit Tuesday? (laughs) That's a fair question. Um, Honestly, I don't see that happening, but before we get into the media the, uh, episode, let me just remind you the best way you can help me make a difference, the best way you can help me grow the show, and quite frankly, the best way you can support me at this point right now is to like, share, and subscribe to this program. That's right. Follow me on your favorite social media. Come join me on Facebook. I've got both a group and a page there. I'd love to see the interaction. My email is easy to find, as is my cell phone number. Love to hear from you there. You know, my four listeners have been extremely busy this last couple of weeks because I've had five episodes hit significantly over 800 downloads in the last two weeks. Of course, that is off the top of my head, so I think I got it right. I think I got it right in the last two weeks, yeah. And I got to let you know, that's very exciting. That's it's It's a good thing. It's a good sign. And uh, also, we are on (laughs) YouTube still. That's right. We're still on YouTube. So if you would like to go follow over there, join us over there. And the most important thing you can do is rate and review this podcast. Apparently, it really matters to the podcatchers and those that uh, do the syndication, if you will. Still with Podbean, for whatever reason, I just haven't found a better deal yet. Something that makes more sense, and while they don't really help me grow, they apparently are not hurting me. So the the growth is there. We're getting it done. Come and join me. Come along for the ride. All right. So Texas Tuesday today we're going to do something just a wee bit different. Last week I did a couple of episodes post Texas Con, right? Tell you know we did an interview with one of the individuals there that spoke. We also talked about some of the things that came out of TexitCon. Um, I've also referenced at least once more since then that they are uber close to hitting their 100,000 signatures between now and December 1st. So we can get it on the ballot. I mean, this is step one. This is the most important step for any future Texit is getting it on the ballot. Now, why do I say that? Well, quite frankly, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I mean, I have my suspicions, I have confidence, but I don't know. And I'd like to know if for no other reason, so that we have a measuring bar, right? Of who is interested in Texas getting its independence and who is not? Where are we at? What percentage of Texas is actually pro-liberty and thinks we can make a difference as an independent nation? I think that's a fair question. I think it's something that ought to be put forth to all the voters and soon. Now, there's a part of me that worries that after the 2024 election cycle, the, uh, the Donald wins, that everybody's going to think, oh, everything's okay now. It's all better. The Donald's here. He's going to save us. We don't have to do this anymore. We, we can just put up our swords and shields. I'm here to tell you, D.C. ain't going to fix anything. I don't know that Austin's fixable, but Austin's at least within striking distance, figuratively speaking. I mean, anywhere in the state of Texas, realistically, in less than five hours, you can be in Austin. And, And that might be a stretch if you're out in El Paso or Amarillo. I'll give you that. But for the vast majority of the population of Texas, we can be in Austin in less than five hours. What does that mean? Well, that means that if we need to put pressure, if we need to bring to bear the presence of we, the patriots, we, the people, we can do that. Now, Governor Abbott has made it clear that he wants to please the people and he's going to do what the people want, right? I mean, he's doesn't take a strong stand on anything unless he's got confidence that we, the people are going to back him up. I mean, that's not good leadership, but it is strong leadership. When he knows he's got support, he'll fight for us. I know what you're saying. We want more. We need more. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you all of that, but we have to work with what we've got. The same thing is we have nearly a two-thirds majority in both the state houses of our Republicans. Now, unfortunately, at least half in the Texas House are more R than Republican. Honestly, that's not unusual. It's sad, but it's not unusual. So how do we fix that? Well, first of all, I'm drifting off topic here, but first of all, we have to actually address the issues that separate us and we have to be willing to set aside a lot of these secondary issues that ought not be dividing us. I want those Republicans to stay out of the way and allow us to have a vote. They need to not see us as an enemy. We're on the same team for pizza. Well, at least I am. I mean, I've got a lot of guys I'm not super enthusiastic with, but I don't want to pick fights with them for no purpose. I don't want to argue with them for no purpose. Like it or not, they're my state rep. I'm not going to hate on them. That's counterproductive. We have multiple state reps. Not excited about (laughs) any of them, to be quite honest. But again, uh, not going to lose sleep over it, not going to fight about it, not at this time. Why does this matter? It's directly applicable. If we're constantly fighting amongst the party, we're never going to get things done that we need done. But seriously, if we can't get our own house in order, how in the world do you think we're going to be successful on a vote For Texas independence. I mean, we're allegedly on the same side, but we spend all of our time fighting amongst ourselves, usually over things that are of secondary importance. I'm trying to put those things aside. I'm trying to encourage other people, put those things aside. Let's get the measure on the ballot. Let's have our vote. Once that's done, we can evaluate and figure out where we need to go from there. And look, not all Republicans support Texas independence. I'm certain that a clear majority does. I mean, the independence majority does. I mean, a plurality of Democrats do. This should not be a divisive subject to put it on the ballot, to vote on it. But apparently, it's just one of many. It's one of many that we need to consistently fight over and quite frankly, give a bleak future to Texas. All right, now that, now that I'm done with the preemptory stuff let's talk about positive things. So think of this as a reset. Texas independence comes along, we get to reset. We get to reconfigure, rethink, redesign what it is, the priorities are, and what we need to be doing in Texas. Now, we could do this If we would just exert our state sovereignty, we could rethink how a lot of these things work if we were just to act as if we were an independent, sovereign state. But apparently there's a whole lot of people that are elected that are federal supremacists or that feel that the mere opinion out of a court is enough to get them to give up. I'm not one of those. The left is clearly not those people. But for whatever reason, those of us that are center and center right and hard right, we all think that if a court issues an opinion that we all need to knuckle under and accept it. Uh, no, wrong answer. Eat. So what does this mean? It means we need to look at the possibility of our new start, a fresh start. Right? You've got your reset. We're going we're gonna to do away with the interference from D.C., Cut them out completely. So now we've got this new start, this fresh opportunity. I've, I've theorized before we could go last or go revert back to the last constitution we had as an independent republic. I've also floated the idea that we could take our state constitution and tweak it to deal with the things that are appropriate for a nation state versus just a sovereign state. Those are options, at least to have a workable, functional, operational government until such time that we recreate the Republic of Texas, right? Now, whether you like it or not, we're going to have some kind of government. There there are uses and appropriate functions of a government, namely foreign affairs, international trade, which it would all be international trade, um, a Navy to protect the border, if you will, or perhaps Coast Guard, whichever you prefer. And I wouldn't necessarily think we need a full-on army, but certainly a guard, a state guard, a real live state guard that could function as an army if necessary. And I mean, we, we could augment the rangers, we could augment the troopers, there's any number of options that could be done here. But we have to deal with the real threat and the real problem that we have from the cartels, from the Chinese, whatever your fear de jour is, legitimate or exaggerated, doesn't matter. We need to be able to deal with it. We need to have an answer for it. I don't know that we do. So what does that mean? Well, Here's where it gets interesting. And this is where I want to spend the next 15 or so minutes on this show. I know it's going to go out late today. I just couldn't be helped. Hopefully this will be live by five. But my idea is we have a lot of unimaginative, ill-informed, and uncreative. I guess it's all duplicative, if you will descriptions of our elected officials. That is, they like to be told what to do or they like to be guided to a conclusion. That's not saying they're stupid. It just means that they're risk adverse and they don't like unknowns. And who does? I mean, who really likes an unknown? So I know that Daniel Miller's book, Texit, lays down all the nuts and bolts and a lot of really fleshed out ideas of how you deal with specific issues. But what I would like to see, what I would ask for, we have a lot of great fiction writers out there. I'm not a fiction writer. I'm a fiction reader. But let me float this idea to you. There's at least a half a dozen books that I have read that deal with a fictional way that a state gets or becomes, if not... De jure independent, de facto independent. Uh, one of them had to do with California of all places. Of course, that was also 40 years ago in California. Uh, one of them had to do, or 30 years ago. One of them had to do with Virginia of all places. I think one had to do with New Hampshire. Another one had to do with Maine. And of course, there's the Pacific Northwest, the American Redoubt, if you prefer. And I think one of them might have had to do with Florida. Okay, so there are tons of fiction options on how a state achieves de facto independence, if not de jure independence. What I would like to see, rather than fiction flat out, in other words, the government collapsed and now we're going to rebuild and now this is how Texas is going to come to shine. I, I know that's been done in at least three or four series of books. People have a very high opinion of Texas, including myself. But what I would like to see Something short of that. I don't need to fantasize about a collapse of the federal government. I believe that's going to happen. But just because the federal go- government collapses or breaks due to the excessive debt that they've put upon us doesn't mean the government's going to go away. Doesn't mean that there's going to be pandemonium. Doesn't mean there's Tawatkani. And you can go look that up if you don't know what it means. And it doesn't mean that the state of Texas is going to be Fubar either. And again, you probably want to look that one up. I won't say the words. But My point is, I would like to see some people go and take legitimate law, legitimate historical precedents, and apply it to a fictional outcome in Texas. We have a lot of great imaginative minds out there and create a framework, create a playbook, create a map. How does this happen? Now, a lot of people get hung up on Texas v. White. Well, Texas v. White is both null and void and irrelevant in my opinion, but I'm going to tell you there are a whole lot of people that don't see that or don't believe it. So Daniel has uh, Daniel Miller has correctly pointed out there is another court case that has nullified or overruled the opinion expressed in Texas v. White. But again, Unless you know the specifics behind it or unless you have it presented to you, you don't know that. Well, I would like to see that brought up. I would also like to see brought up on how the fact that even under Texas v. White, there is a process whereupon a state can declare its independence. It just needs to get the blessing from Congress and why that might happen. I mean, just consider, if you will, the progressives take full control of Congress and the United States and Texas keeps poking the bear and tell them, no, we're not going to do it. No, you can't make us do it and keeps fighting with them. It might be a vested interest in Congress and D.C. to get rid of Texas. We don't want them. They're more trouble than they're worth. We'll, We'll kick them to the curb and let them fend for themselves. I mean, this is a thought process. It is an argument that could be made and it might make for very interesting fiction. Predictive fiction, if you will proposed outcomes i mean let's think about just the fact that there are plenty of novels fiction stories out there where it talks about or it builds upon an idea or several ideas that have already been established in constitutional law or uh supreme court opinions on how certain things might play out i mean i for one would be very interested in that i mean i don't know what the complete outcomes going to be, but at least based upon my understanding, of what happened, I guess, within the last year and a half or whatever, the U.S. Supreme Court basically said that half of Oklahoma is technically an independent Indian nation or Native American nation, if you find that offensive. I'm not sure what to do with that. I'm not sure where that's going to go. I mean, that in itself could make a very interesting. fiction story on how that plays out. I also, uh, I read a book a few years ago, actually probably 10 years ago at this point that was dealing with the idea that, boy, I can't remember if it was North Dakota or South Dakota, but they achieved de facto independence. And one of the key things they did was to work with the Buffalo herds that existed and how might they incorporate them and how might they do certain things? I mean, again, interesting story, just like the one for Wyoming. And I've, and I've covered some of these books in my book reviews, but I want to see something that's ground or yeah, grounded. In fact, grounded in historical precedents and follows plausible, legal or non combative outcomes here. I don't believe the U.S. government has any vested interest in sending troops to maintain Texas as part of the Union. Whether whether they do it of their own volition or just because they realize they have no other options, I don't believe that's going to be an outcome. And the fact that people run around crying about that or being fearful of that is kind of ridiculous in today's day and age. I mean, think about it. We spent 20 years in Afghanistan. For what? Accomplishing what? Now, granted, the Afghanis are much tougher and more highly motivated than your average American. But what percentage of the Afghans are actually doing that? I mean, think about it. There's 30 million Texans. Let's say that 20 million are actual real live Texans and the other 10 million are just here for the tax break. Then let's say of that 20 million, 50% of them are actually of an appropriate age to deal with something. And of that appropriate age to deal with something, only half of them are male. Now, I understand. Just go with me here. I'm trying to cut this down. So we went from 30 million to 20 million, to half of 20 million, which is 10 million, to another half, which is 5 million. You think, perhaps, that out of 5 million people, we couldn't put up one heck of a militia? Do you really think they're going to be utilizing F-15s in the States? Do you think that's going to work? I mean, I'm not crazy about some of the stuff that could happen. I mean, but it could get really messy really fast. With as much as the grid is talked about, they really haven't fixed anything. As much as the water supply is absolute necessity for California Phoenix, Arizona, and quite frankly, a whole lot of other places. Do you imagine the trauma and drama that could be caused by some asymmetric warfare played on behalf of Texas? I mean, again, I'm not indicating that I think that's a good idea. I'm not indicating that's something I would do. I'm just telling you, these are real live problems that the United States government has to consider when they're running the calculus whether it's not it's worth investing in militarily retaking Texas I don't think they're going to do it so and then it boils down to is what are the individuals involved what are the actions that take place what is the process that would be utilized does it start with simply making a declaration at the behalf of the Texas legislature does it come out of a constitutional amendment process? I don't know. But, I mean, this is speculative fiction. I would love to, I mean, more than one version would be fantastic. Great. And why do I say this? What's the point of this? It's called inspiration, ladies and gentlemen. If people can't visualize a positive future, if people can't think about an outcome other than the doom and gloom, that's all they know. It's going to drive their feelings, their beliefs, their actions. And I know there's much better options out there. I know there's so much more that's possible if people will just think about it. They'll take the time to invest the effort to understand the process in which it would occur. Don't be driven by fear, but be inspired. Have faith. Utilize a lot of brain power that we have sitting untapped. So again, this is inspirational fiction as well. Why? Because, look, if Texas were to achieve de facto independence, even if we don't get de jure independence, how much better would it be that we actually have a state government that is somewhat more relatable to we, the people, somewhat more interested and controlled by we the people think about it now think about this if we if we consider this if we if we come up with speculative inspirational fiction on how this might play out and how it can be done without bloodshed which would be my preferred outcome mind you At what play does oklahoma maybe join in i mean let's face it oklahoma has a lot more in common with texas than pretty much any other state surrounding it, and dollars to donuts, the folks in Oklahoma we would have much rather join with us, Texas, than I don't know, Colorado, New Mexico. I mean, and I'm not saying Colorado or New Mexico are terrible places. I've visited both; they both have lovely mountains and nice people. Interesting heritage and historical things going on there. And I'm not suggesting that we can't do it without Oklahoma, but I mean, we pick up two more really good sized cities, a lot more oil production, some access to river. That's always helpful, right? The great plains is there just like central Texas, more food production. I mean, I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen, but it is something that could be played out in a fictional play here. How does that work? What does it look like? I don't know. But I'd sure love to see a fictional writer take a, sink in, a chance to sink their teeth in it. I mean, look, with the amount of time that, and as quickly as you can produce and publish books these days especially if you don't go through a traditional publisher it's a very real possibility that in three months you could bust out a book depending on how motivated you are i mean you have to do your research you have to be familiar with this stuff i mean if nothing else there's probably a half a dozen people you can call up in the state of texas that would love to be technical advisors well starting with daniel miller but perhaps tom glass right There's a number of individuals that might even have a vested interest in getting that book done quickly. They may have suggestions. They may be able to guide you. I'm asking, please, is there an artsy person out there that's a Texas patriot? Can you write a book inspiring people? If we get this ballot initiative done to where we can actually have a vote in March to where they get a gauge on what the public interest is. Imagine if you can spike that with this book being out. Say you get ten thousand Kindle copies out there, or hundred thousand Kindle copies. How many more people are going to be interested to get to see what the possibility is? Now, I would love to tell you I could write a book. I can't. I, I know my limitations. I'm a big fan of the admission from Clint Eastwood that a man's got to know his limitations. That's me. I got the ideas. I'm happy to give ideas away because I can't do anything with it. But I'm asking somebody out there that hears this, share it with somebody else that you know that's a writer, that's interested. Get them motivated. Get this out. I mean, even just a novella of 120 pages where you can spell out a process in which it occurs and nobody dies. I mean, how fantastic would that be? I mean, if you want to get really gutsy you can go for 350 pages or something like that that's fine and maybe you do a longer version or you do a part two but we need to get something out i mean can you imagine if somebody rolls something out january 30 well january 31st (laughs) the end of january fine you roll it out at the end of january and you give it away for five bucks on the kindle store and, and it's a plausible inspirational fiction story on how this plays out. I mean, we need to get our people inspired. We need to get our people excited. This is what could happen. This is how it can happen. I'm not the guy to do this, but I'm here to help you. I'm. I'm if somebody can knock out a novella or a outline and they want different ideas or whatever, call me. I'm happy to help. Send me a text. Send me an email. I'll give you any and all ideas that I come up, even remotely related to this. I don't care. I just want the story out there. I want to get people excited. We're close. We're really close. But we've got to get our more signatures. Hey, for those of you that don't know, you can go to tnm.me and go get your signature in. Go tell the Republican Party, hey, we want to vote. We want, we want to be heard in the Republican primary. Yeah, I know that's not going to count the independents. Yeah, I know that's not going to count the Democrats. That's not what we're dealing with. We're dealing with just the Republican primary. We're going to get a gauge on the interest of this. Now I know there's a lot of state reps that are worried. They don't want to they don't want to put this on the record. They they'd rather just call us names and poo-poo us. But if we get this out and we make a good showing and we say, look, hey man, fifty-five percent or sixty percent or whatever, of the Republicans that showed up to vote in this election cycle, they support the idea of an independent Texas? I mean, that's a massive statement. We're there. We're that close. We just need to do it. Step out in faith. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this sounds a bit of a stretch but I assure you it is not. There would be no Brexit without motivation. There would be no Brexit without inspiration. There are other states that are part of other countries that are looking at breaking away and declaring independence, or at least seeking de facto independence. At the baseline level here, if we would just start with de facto independence, de jure independence may follow later. We may or may not be able to accomplish some of this with our current leadership in the state of Texas, but if we can't get excited, if we can't get motivated, we're never, ever going to know. We're never, ever going to get there. If we keep saying no or say it can't happen or blow it off or put our heads in the sand, of course, things are always going to be the way they are. You can't change anything if you don't try. Better to try and fail than to do nothing. Seize the day, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming. You have nine days, nine more days. Actually, I guess technically ten. Ten more days to get those electronic signatures in. If if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you haven't done that, shame on you. I mean, what are you worried about? The feds are going to (laughs) come? I mean, it might happen anyway. I mean, (laughs) there's plenty of us floating around. Sometimes I wonder how we're still... I mean, they got people from J6 still locked up in solitary confinement that did nothing and hurt nobody. Meanwhile, the people that burned down the cities, they're wandering around free as a bird. So yes, I, I know there is no justice. There is no reality that even exists in these United States anymore. But what I'm suggesting to you is we can create a new reality. We can create a new existence. We just have to be willing to do it. And I'm asking you, Take a step in faith. If this author is somewhere out there listening to the sound of my voice, I'll be glad to give you as much help as you want. I don't care. I want to get this done. I want to be a help. We can make a difference. We can change the future. If we learn nothing from Terminator 2, the future is not always written. And with that, this has been, according to Callus,